Hey everybody, I'm Spencer. <laughs> and I'm Blake. <laughs> You're about to get jumped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to our special virtual KumoriCon episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We are a weekly anime podcast where we watch the anime so that you don't have to. But you should still totally watch anime. So, so this week there's that. on Get Jumped, we are watching the Trigon movie called Trigon Badlands Rumble, where bank robbers have names like Gasback, Power plants are just giant light bulbs in the desert, and the best substitute for a bulletproof vest is a piece of meat. Which is, this is true no matter where you go. If you carry around a flank steak or anything, as long as it's tough enough, you'll be able to stop bullets. I'm mm. joking, don't do that. <laughs> like, Do not put this, this is, into practice. <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, we, uh, are, uh, a podcast, uh, we are super excited to be here. Uh, we did KamariCon as, uh, what were we, press or emerging press? And that was like, what, two years ago now? Yeah, that was back in 18. Yeah, we got to interview a, a, a lot of really cool people, um, and it was really exciting. Um, it's it's one of the things that really pushed our podcast forward. Um, we we loved being a part of it, um, so we we were super excited about uh, coming on and doing a live episode. Um, I also am so excited because I just I love Trigun so much. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. This is one of those classic animes. So uh, on our show, we generally cover shonen anime. Um, and we have two different types of coverage. So what we have had since we began was a weekly rotation of about four shows that we're covering at a time. Each week, we'll cover a handful of episodes following on from the last time we covered that show. And then we'll kind of cycle through those uh, four shows over time. And when we finish one show, we'll start up another one. Um, so pretty, pretty much we focus exclusively on shonen anime. Um, we have not covered Trigun on the show, but uh, it is a favorite nope. of ours that does come up from time to time. And uh, then we have a new type of episode that comes out. So now we have two episodes a week. One uh, is the traditional type that I just described. That comes out on Fridays. Uh, and then we have a Monday episode, and that's where we do quick reviews of our first impressions of more current series. So we'll watch a couple of episodes of a few anime and read uh, the first chapter or so of some manga, and then we'll give you those impressions. So you can kind of get uh, what's going on nowadays in the anime and manga world and our quick early reviews to those things. And then on Fridays, you can pick up with our sort of rotating cast of characters and see what's happening in those shows. And we'll talk about um, sort of plot summaries along with commentary and stuff like that. So you could relive your favorite mem uh, moments or if you have not tried a show and you want to give it a try in audio format, then that's uh, that's a good option as well. Yeah, and we're we're spending a little bit of time vamping real quick because I mean I'm I'm waiting to just make sure everybody um, who who wants to come check out our dumb show um, joins in. Um, and also uh, before we get started, we uh, we are partnered with a, a website called the Geekly Grind. Um, they uh, have allowed us to do a really badass giveaway as part of this. Um, I posted it on uh, Twitter and a couple of different places. But if you have not heard about this, um, if you would like to be entered in um go ahead and uh just stick around um if, if uh, you would like to be entered into it you can just chat in like enter me in for the giveaway um it is of a uh uh box set it's like a steel box set of cowboy bebop um yeah that's so a blu-ray collector's edition right 
Yeah, yeah. So if you want that, it's free, and all you have to do is chat below. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of this show, we will be uh, giving it away. Um, the way that we're going to get that afterwards, we'll explain um, at the very end. But uh, I want to go ahead and get into this because I I love this movie so much, and Blake and I have like a uh, an actual history with this movie yeah. because we get to see it inside of a movie theater that was like. Uh, randomly doing anime movies at their event, and they were like, Trigun, Badlands Rumble, and we were like, we need to go see that. Yeah, once upon a time, people could go out to places called movie theaters, and they could watch the movies at yeah. them, and so we did that. In the old, old time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was in Columbus, Ohio, and we happened to both be there at the same time, and we decided to go check out this movie at this very cool movie theater in Columbus, Ohio, which I, I hope is still alive, but uh, it's been many years. I think this was back in 2013, and it has to have been earlier than that, right? Because uh, I, I have no idea when yeah, it was. Maybe like Time 2011 no or something. Uh, anyway, uh, so it, it was a while ago. And we watched it in theaters. It was totally awesome. It was a, a real best friend bonding moment. And uh, little did we know that we would be able to revisit it as part of an anime podcast doing a virtual convention all these low these many years later. Um, I also like yeah, that. Yeah, low these. Yeah, we're giving away Cowboy Bebop. And I like that because I feel like Cowboy Bebop and Trigun have a lot of similarities. Um, they both came mm. out not too far from each other. They're from sort of a similar era of anime. Um, they are both studio first anime. So most anime, um, or at least a lot of the big anime are based off of a property. Usually it's a manga, although these days more and more you're seeing anime based off of light novels. Um, so Cowboy Bebop and Trigun were both created by the anime studios because they wanted to make an anime. They didn't have a manga adaptations that came first that they were based off of. And uh, both of them really have deep roots in uh, Westerns and cowboy flicks and stuff like that. I would say Trigun more so, uh, even though Cowboy Bebop is the one with the word cowboy in the name. But they both have real obvious um, sort of homage and roots and um, prehistories dating back to uh, cowboy flicks. And uh, so... If you want the Cowboy Bebop box set, we will give you the keys to that kingdom by just typing in here. Uh, but Trigun, pretty similar show. Also Cowboy-influenced sci-fi show. Um, and this is, I, I believe, the only movie for Trigun that came out that we'll be covering today. Yeah, that's that's my understanding of it. I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody else talk about it. Also, I've brought this up before with people, and they're like, Trigon had a movie? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, it's great. Uh, the animation quality is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like... Um, it's, it's, it's really beautifully done. Um, if, if you want a little bit of a primer on Trigun, uh, previously on Trigun, uh, there was a lot of things that happened and, yeah. uh, none of them are super important inside of this other than knowing that there's a couple of different characters. Uh, the first one is called Vash the Stampede. Um, he is, uh, let's, let's call him a humanoid, um, <laughs> because sure. it, he should be he should be considered a human if you were just like looking at him and you were like he's definitely a human. Um, there's a lot of things inside of Trigun that give you the background of 
what he actually is, uh, I don't want to give those away, especially since the movie doesn't touch them at all. Um, so you could watch this movie and just kind of pick up that he is a badass gunslinger um, and he is able to uh, run around and and do some do some cool shooting as well as uh, some some coin flipping at people. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, there's also these uh, two female characters that are recurring characters. Uh, often they are our point of view characters in the series. Vash the Stampede is the main character, but a lot of the times the series likes to keep him sort of shrouded in mystery. So many of the episodes focus their plot on these two women named uh, Millie Thompson and Meryl Strife. They are longtime partners. They work for a uh, an insurance company called the Bernardelli. Bernardelli, yeah. There we go. Mm. Bernardelli Insurance Company. So the uh, the insurance company has an interest in this guy Vash the Stampede because he is a famous outlaw, and uh, he is called the Stampede. I think they also call him like the Hurricane or something like that. Uh, because he is the humanoid typhoon humanoid typhoon thank you so when he sweeps into an area destruction is left in his wake they as insurance uh insurance claims investigators they are following this guy around because uh disaster is following in his wake and this early on in the series trigun uh they don't know that he's vash the stampede by the time this movie happens they do know that he's vash the stampede but uh, he's kind of a goofy guy, so he doesn't always seem like the super dangerous um, outlaw criminal that Bachelor Stampede is made out to be. Yeah, um, I would say that if you're gonna if you're gonna join into this, um, uh, I I would say the last character is the character that uh, is probably my favorite character inside of the show. Um, I love Vash. I love the way that he is built. Um, but Nicholas D. Wolfwood is my jam because he is yeah. like. If you took Spike Spiegel and you put him on a distant world and made him super religious, <laughs> yeah, then you would have Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Yeah, he's got a he's got he's got a giant cross gun that he carries around through the the desert wastes. Um, he is he's just great. Um, he's a a very interesting character. He's got a very complex history inside of the show, um, as most of the characters seem to have inside of the show. And one of the reasons that makes it so good um, is that it has these characters that are not only funny, um, but also they have a very complex backstory and they're very emotionally. Um, complex. Um, Vash has a very, very deep um, like hurt and longing inside of this world. Um, we're going to see glimpses of that inside of the movie. Um, and that is true of Wolfwood as well. Wolfwood has a very uh, scarred past um, and uh, he carries it on his shoulder. He is also uh, in, in a old anime terms he always is smoking a broken cigarette oh yeah i don't know why in these worlds uh in this world every pack of cigarettes has been pre pre-smashed um but i i guess that's just how it goes it's just a post-apocalypse <laughs> commodity so that's how it works yeah so yeah we're this as an anime movie this is going to exist largely out of canon uh, it is it's tied to canon because uh, it takes place after you know the first few episodes where some relationships have been established and it's utilizing the characters from the series. Um, most anime movies don't drop in at a specific point. They're just kind of created as um, fun misadventures that you can go watch in the theater uh, with a loose connection. It's basically here's a story with characters that you like and you know it can connect to the series that you know if you want. 
But I would say this one actually they do a good uh, a good effort at the end to tie it into a specific point in the series. Uh, but more or less, if you're more if you're basically familiar with these characters or with the concept of Trigun, you can kind of drop into this thing. Um, and I would also say before we get into it, uh, Trigun, similarly to Cowboy Bebop, is predominantly an episodic show. So storylines will take place over one to two episodes. And uh, because of that, the fact that this movie tells a complete story from beginning to end makes it feel like just an extended episode of the series. So if you have not mm. watched Trigun, I would say... Uh, you can definitely start by watching this movie. Uh, it's a good intro yeah. to the series. It kind of gives you all the greatest hits of what the series is going to offer in a really well-told package. Um, and with that... Yeah, and also super high quality. Like oh yeah. super, super high quality. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and go into it. Uh, and let's learn about Gasback. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you're wondering... Is his gas backy or is his back gassy? <laughs> we don't know. Why is he named Gasback? <laughs> Just, uh, you know, you don't get to pick your name. And I think that's really the answer to that one. Mm. So, so that's the moral of the story of Trigun Badlands Rumble yeah. is that in this new world, you don't get to pick your name. Right. Somebody inside of the Trigun universe will name you as you step into the Trigun universe. He didn't call himself the Humanoid Typhoon. He was given that name as he walked through the opening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's how it... Yeah, and it's it's sort of those it's sort of those people like what must have happened is that he took his step through the portal and then uh, he farted as he went through the portal and they were like your gas back and he was just like no oh, man <laughs> yeah. I got stuck with that yeah that's what happened so now he's turned to a life of crime his favorite thing to do <laughs> is robbing that's what drove him into it oh yeah definitely so he he loves yeah. to rob things but he's one of those classic shonen anime characters who's really principled about everything he does even if the thing he does mm. is terrible so he has decided yeah. that robbery is the best but it's only good if you can look your victims in the eye there's none of this like you know back market deals or sneaking in in the night he's not about that so he is pulling a bank heist with all the bank people tied up in the corner and they're gonna break into the vault and all that fun stuff and uh, he's got a, a couple of cronies three different dudes that are working underneath him and they're they're trying to knock over this bank here and things are going pretty well for the most part oh yeah the my favorite part of it is when they get they go into the vault and there's a um, there's a, a whole bunch of uh, I, I assume that these are made by the Acme company from Looney Tunes yes. um, this vault um, where like you're you're slowly going down the corridor and as you go into different places there's like um, a giant smashy thing that comes out of the ceiling um, ostensibly a thwomp from Mario um, uh, I, I assume daggers shooting out from the sides a la yeah. and like, all of the obstacles the are art. defeated by shooting at them which would probably yeah. work for some, but not all of these. But they just shoot them yeah, until they fall favorite, over. My favorite is that there's one part where they're just shooting and we're not seeing what they're shooting, but there's just like metal shrapnel flying at them. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so they, they have a pretty great sequence of breaking into the vault. They get all the money and they, they're loading it up in their getaway car. And Gasback yeah. is doing a little monologue to all the people that are tied up about how sweet Stalin is. So gassy, you guys. He's yeah. He's got a he's got a uh, you know blow that hot air in their faces. So 
Um, look, look, IBS is a real thing, you guys. It's a real thing. It's a real gas. So the uh, he's he's doing a little monologue about how good stealing is, and then it turns out that the three guys that he's working with don't want to work with him anymore, and they have chosen this moment at the end of the robbery to do a double cross on him, and their plan is to kill him and then run away with the riches and split it between them because his whole deal is we should steal stealing is great and like of course we get riches but they point out that all of the riches they get from stealing just go into funding the next theft and they're like we want to get the money and then use it for ourselves so that we can have a nice life and not have to work so hard and this is just not going to work out so we're going to kill you and take the money yeah he's he gasback really doesn't want anybody to kink shame him he's like look guys this is my jam this is what i do this is what happens and it's what i need to have inside of my life in order to be correct and feel right and if i don't do it then the world is going to collapse in on itself so i need to do it and they're just like it's not our thing so we're gonna double cross you and right before they they decide that they're gonna shoot gasback um a coin flies from across the room yeah. It uh, hits the gun and knocks it so that it shoots across Gasback's face, but not shooting him. Um, and then uh, he Gasback goes forward, grabs the gun, and then just goes into the most epic game of thump someone on the face that has ever happened. He thumps him so many times, yeah. and his face is like slowly getting more and more dented in. It's just like... <laughs> yeah, Gasback's a real big dude, and he's very strong, and so he can punch you very hard and hurt you very deeply, and also take a lot of hits. We will find uh but the intervening coin thrower turns out to be vash the stampede he is here at the bank while it is being held up apparently he was one of the people that was tied up and if you haven't seen the series before this might surprise you because the whole conceit that continually shows up in the series is that vash is known as a dangerous wanted criminal with a huge bounty on his head because he is a merciless killer who destroys everything and everyone in his way in reality, Vash is a hilarious, guffaw-worthy dude who just wants everybody to make it out of this alive and who basically gets into scrapes with people who are trying to cause problems and tries to end those scrapes non-violently or non-lethally at least and in doing so causes wanton destruction and gets blamed for it. So he is hyper-skilled. Yeah. He's just not as dangerous as he's known to be. One of his most powerful powers is that he can always shoot people's hands. If you were ever walking around with a gun in this world and then suddenly that gun was shot out of your hands, there is like a 97% chance it was Vash. Um, because I, I don't know if I remember anybody else doing it inside of this world. Everybody not. else seems to be only to fire, uh, they can only fire bullets in the general vicinity of their target, um, but never actually really hit them. I mean, Wolfwood's um, pretty good, but he's more of a volume over accuracy kind of guy. Yeah, sometimes it's not volume over accuracy, it's uh, rocket launcher over accuracy. Yeah, which, um, you know, in a way is its own type of volume. <laughs> Yeah, we might need to talk about the physics of this world a little bit, too, um, because you might be thinking, I feel like everybody should be shot a lot more often. Also, how do some of these people's guns not just get completely blown apart or these pieces of metal blown apart? Um, there's some plot armor um, that you need to know about. Um, and uh, that, if you've if you've never heard of plot armor, um, where have you been in anime? Um, but also... Really in most uh, storytelling. You, 
Yeah, um, but also uh, Vash and Wolfwood and uh, to a lesser extent, uh, our main villain are going to have plot armor. Um, There is going to be a part later on inside of this movie where he is protecting himself with it. Okay, so like if this is my whole body, right? And I'm standing here and my shield is about the size of my arm like this. If I hold that in front of my body, this whole side and this whole side and my legs are completely open but he never gets shot and that's pure plot armor you guys so i th- I'm just I, do, saying. I would vaguely very mildly disagree with you in that i think they do a good job of making it seem like the bullets are going awry because people are unskilled uh or because they are so skilled that they know they're not going to get hit but uh yes also it is silly so the yeah, yeah. the Anyways. robbery gets foiled um well no not really actually they do get away with the money but the uh double cross yeah. gets foiled but gasback doesn't yeah gasback yeah. is not Gasback's- killed he does not get away with the guys he does not get the money and uh they have ruined his favorite thing yeah so uh gasback instead of just doing a normal thing uh like running away um he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna fire rockets everywhere um and so the rockets are gonna shoot out they're gonna bomb all of the town um everybody is gonna be like oh no and gasback is gonna get away vash is going to be blamed for it and his uh his bounty is going to go up because of it um and so that takes us into the main part of the movie um and And all of that setup was really just to understand that Vash has a connection with Gasback and Gasback has a, um, as a robber, he, he has very specific things that he wants to do at all times. It also Um, specifically jumps forward 20 years. Uh, So Mm -hmm. a lot of time has passed and everybody's gotten older except maybe one person. So uh, we're going to pick up in the present, the town that they were in where the bank was robbed Actually, there. so there's these huge power plants that are very important in this series. You see them all the time. They look like giant light bulbs in the desert because that's that's what they look like. But they are power plants and they are super crucial. Um, we didn't say it already, but if you don't know, Trigun takes place on an, a sort of alien desert world. It's very hot, very arid. There's two suns in the sky. It's, a, it's kind of a dangerous and unforgiving place. But there are towns scattered about that are supported by these giant light bulb power plants. In Gasback's attack 20 years ago, the light bulb power plant was damaged. One of the double-crossing underlings from Gasback, um, whose name, Kane, his name is Kane, he uh, uses his winnings from the bank robbery to help repair the power plant, bring the town back to life, essentially, and now he has become the mayor of the town. He has also gotten wind that Gasback is on a revenge quest against the three of them who have spread out uh, to different places. And he is basically calling all bounty hunters in the area to his town so that they can get the bounty on Gasback and happen to protect him in the doing. Yeah. Um, Kane also has the dumbest facial jewelry I've ever seen. Yeah, but that's because um, he got punched real hard because- 20 years ago. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was all the punching or all the thumping, um, no, because it, I, I assume that that just like caved in his face, uh, and so he got uh, grafted onto his face the most gaudy piece of jewelry that he could find. He like went into the costume jewelry part of the store, and he's just like, "Not enough." <laughs> and then they took him to the back of the store, and they were just like, "What about this? We we pulled it off of uh, an old mannequin," and he was just like, "Yeah, that's what that's I want. Perfect. Put Paint that on it my gold." Face. <laughs> so um all these bounty hunters are converging on the town and um there is a woman that we haven't seen she's a movie character and she is accosted by a couple of bounty hunters and she is doing a pretty good job of standing up for herself but things are kind of getting hairy because some of the other bounty hunters around are starting to side with the uh the dudes that are kind of aggressing against her and then turns out vash the stampede is here on this ship of bounty hunters and he intervenes in his classic vash the stampede way which is to seem like a bumbling buffoon you know i I was actually thinking vash the stampede operates on basically the same principles as mr magoo which is a sort of old and in a lot of ways outdated character uh, who is a, uh, a sort of uh, outdated caricature of blindness. And he sort of bungles his way into stopping uh, villains without realizing it because he can't see what he's doing. Vash is doing this bit, but he he's doing it intentionally. He's making himself look like a doofus so that he seems unthreatening. And so that people don't realize that he is disarming them, preventing them from hurting somebody, etc. Yeah. Um, so the the other characters uh, are also here, Millie and Merrill. They're arriving in town because they uh, work for the insurance company that is insuring the other giant gaudy thing that is in town, which is a gigantic bronze sk- statue of Kane. Um, and he was just uh, he is it. It's not. It's not only that it's a gigantic statue. It's that it its arms are out like this, and it just slowly rotates. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just so like, absurd. It's just like. It reminded me of like uh, from Futurama, where uh, that episode where Bender has that gigantic thing that's built that shoots fire out of its eyes and just says, "Remember me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the most absurd vanity project. Like this is this is Kane, one of the one of the double crosser guys who is the mayor now, and he has. Uh, he has bank shotted his uh, saving the town, becoming the mayor into becoming a super rich, very paranoid man. And uh, I guess along with being super rich and super paranoid comes super vanity and that uh, hence giant statue that rotates in the middle of town. It's also like twice the size of the tallest building in town. So you can see it from anywhere. And it is worth $5 billion specifically in these universe. In insurance. Yeah. Called double in insurance. Yeah. So th- it may or yeah. may not be worth more or less. Uh, and that's why, uh, that's why Millie and Merrill are in town because $5 billion in insurance could instantly bankrupt their insurance company if they have to pay it out. And so they are here to see if it's really worth $5 billion and because Gasback is rolling into town and uh, chaos is sure to ensue, they are here to double check and see if the way that the statue is destroyed warrants them denying an insurance claim because they are, you know, they're good insurance adjusters and insurance, as we all know, is just one giant scam that we are stuck in. <laughs> Just uh, hold on real quick while Blake steps down from a soapbox. Yeah, that's just a real um, life. Anyways, that's just some some kernels of knowledge for all of you out there. 
Anyways, um, so, uh, meanwhile, there is a big giant train-looking thing that is rolling up into town. On this big giant train-looking thing, there are uh, two important people and a bunch of unimportant people. Also, including uh, two MacGuffins that are just destroyed at every turn. Yeah, um, they're, so they're sort of like the guys, of the story. They're the Team Rocket of this, yeah. of this movie. Yeah, they're Team Rocket. They're going to blast off at the speed of light. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And anyways, uh, so uh, they are going to be awful and introduce us to our next character, which is going to be named Amelia. Um, Amelia is a, a, a really cool looking bounty hunter. What seems to be a bounty hunter, at least on this uh, train that is heading into town because everybody's going there because Gasbeck is supposed to be coming because he's coming to that town. Uh, everybody wants to get his bounty on his head because it's 300 million double dollars. And so everybody's like, I want a piece of this. I'm going to go into town um, and it's it's not clear if they're going to be paid if they don't defeat him but it seems like everybody's there to just strike it rich it's yeah like I don't think they are scheme. because it's a bounty so it's gonna they'll have to get him because and there's they gripe at various times throughout the movie about who's gonna who's gonna like get the shot off or whatever um, so mm-hmm. all the bounty hunters arrive because of the altercation that Amelia endured on the ship that Vash intervened in. Vash is now kind of creepily hitting on her. It's a little, it's a little dated, but uh, he, he's more or less charming. And if you know the character, yeah. he's pretty altruistic and uh, pretty justice focused. So he has a soft spot for women. He's flirting in a way that's maybe a little too much for our modern sensibilities. But uh, if you know the character, you don't really, we're not too worried that he's going to overstep the bounds beyond uh, some unwanted flirting. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's he's going to flirt a lot with her. Um, he's going to pal around with her around the town. Um, they're going to go inside of a bar. <laughs> inside of said bar, um, Millie... <laughs> Millie and Meryl are going to be there and they're going to be like, I, tell me that I didn't see what I thought I saw. <laughs> they're like, I don't know. Um, oh, is that Vash? And she's like, don't say it. And Vash like comes over to sit with them. As it's like, it's like if you were in high school again, it's the, that kid that you do not want to come over to your table. And Vash is just like, it's the only two seats. Let's go sit over here. And she's like, I don't want to sit with you. And he's like, come on. And she's like, okay, fine. So she goes over there and there's a great shot where it's like, one shot is on uh, the side of the table, and it's got I, I think it's I think it's uh, uh, Millie, Millie yeah, and Millie's Bash the sitting next to, get, to each other. Hair. Yeah, they're they're both drinking a beer and just like celebrating, and then it cuts to the other side of the table, and Meryl and Amelia are just like, "What did I get myself into?" <laughs> yeah. So um, inevitably, this is going to turn into a good old fashioned saloon brawl, and mm. in this saloon brawl, you get more information on. Um, on Amelia and how she is a super competent, very talented uh, gunslinger in her own right. And also yep. Vash is going to do some more. Oops. I accidentally stole all of your bullets before you could use them shenanigans. And uh, he's mm-hmm. also going to be revealed as the real Vash, the stampede to Amelia as a result of this brawl. Um, yeah. This is super important. They're also super drunk along with everybody else in town so this is after the brawl kind of chills and they escape from it uh, vash is going to carry amelia back to the hotel to get her to her womb 
and uh, everybody else is going to wake up with mad hangovers the next day. Yeah. Meanwhile, more plot is happening. Um, so uh, Wolfwood, another character we talked about, is out in the desert, um, and he was almost almost going to die um, and the in the most ridiculous way possible, which is that he had arrived at a vending machine in the desert with water. And it only accepts coins, and he only has a bill, and he is just like slowly dying in front of it. And Gasbeck comes tooting on up to him, and he's just like, "Hey, uh, if I help you, you got to become part of my crew and help me." And he's just like, "Okay," so becomes a part of his crew. Um, he also uh, is revealed after they are doing a couple of additional heists um, that he is very, very competent. Um, he not only carries a, uh, a a big stick, um, but he is also very skilled with said giant gun, um, and uh, he is able to back up Gasback, who he has some other cohorts, but they don't seem to be very good at what they do. No, they're just um, filling out the One roster. of them is... Yeah, they're it, they're really like your your HM slaves of the team. Uh, yeah. They 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 come around to like fire the bullets and use surf when you need them to, and sometimes yeah. strength. Um, I, I will but, say, you know, Wolfwood is in an interesting position because he is working for Gasback, but he's working for him in a specific way. He has not joined Gasback's crew so much as been hired as a bodyguard for Gasback. So he is not really participating in any of the thefts or any of the raids, but he is preventing Gasback from being shot and preserving his life. And they have a contract that basically he is going to help. He's going to, he's going to uh, protect Gasback and assist him in getting into the mayor's office in this town and then once Gasback's in there, their contract is over. Uh, but again, yeah. it's very important. Like Wolfwood is not a thief. He has not become a thief. And you might be able to argue that he, you know, is aiding and abetting these thieves and is guilty by association. But uh, he is sort of sticking to his own specific strict moral code by allowing himself to take up a bodyguarding position to prote- protect somebody without actually participating in the crimes that that somebody is perpetrating. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, if you missed the start of this, uh, this is going to be a, a Trigon movie. Um, the question that was asked is, uh, was this was this movie a show? It was a show first. Uh, the movie came out, uh, I, I think, uh, after the show was completely finished. Yeah, it came out a couple um, of years after and the show finished. So it's, it's really just playing around so, uh, in the sandbox that the was created from was, the original Trigon This is Trigon based off show. of a show. And the uh, you can watch the show with or without the movie. But you can also watch the movie if you're if you're not familiar with the show. You can watch the movie as an introduction to the show. Um, it it's technically taking place a little bit into the series, but the canon is a little loose, so you can jump in there if you want. Anyways, um, it looks like it looks like somebody else asked uh, where where can you find the show? Um, I I don't a hundred percent know. It um, is currently I, available d- on Hulu in the United States, as is the movie. Yeah, so if you're in the U.S., you can find it there. Um, if you're not inside the Uni- United States, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I, I know you can definitely find the DVDs of it. They're all over the place. Um, it is a very famous anime. Um, so it, it has a it has a really big following behind it. Um, I, I know I, I chatted 
uh, a couple of days ago with people on like a like a trigun discord so i mean it, they're all over the place yeah this um, is this show's so, over 10 years old and people are still like joining up to talk about it so it's very popular Oh, yeah. And we are back to the movie, which uh, is going to be all about how uh, they're going to have a very, very long battle sequence, um, which is possibly the best part of this entire movie. Um, and the biggest reason why is that there's a there's just so much back and forth, like gunslinging and fighting and also gigantic uh, like ramming cars that slam into the side of the city and they fight with those that giant ramming car and there's a car chase and oh man i i just the the action sequence inside of this movie is just so fantastic yeah um it also has this great thing where um vash is a character he manipulates situations because he is not only a very very skilled in um kind of like a like a like a battle sequence way, he doesn't really fight with his fists. He fights with super, super precision shooting. Um, and because of that, he can influence things with the, within a way that you could either um, point something at or shoot something very, very specifically to slowly divert things that are happening throughout the town. And he is doing that to gas back. Yeah, Gasbag's trying to take out the bounty hunters that are shooting at him, and Vash is just subtly intervening to prevent them from being killed. And eventually, they come face to face, and Gasbag is like, oh, you're the guy who's been interfering with all of this. And Vash is going to make basically a stand in front of the mayor's house to try and bring Gasbag down, and specifically to bring him down without killing him, because that's Vash's yeah. whole deal. Um, yeah. Uh, and. And then uh, the the last thing that is going to happen inside of this uh, big giant car chase rumble scene is that uh, uh, Vash and Wolfwood are going to come face to face. Wolfwood is so skilled that he is able to stand toe to toe with Vash for a little bit, especially because Vash doesn't want to hurt Wolfwood and Wolfwood doesn't want to let Vash stop him from completing his uh, his pact with Gasback. And so he is able to slow Vash down just long enough for Gasback to get inside of the mansion and then we have our next plot sequence, um, which is that Kane is upstairs. He is also joined by his two other cronies, that, or Gasback's two previous cronies. But when Gasback gets up to the room, the two other cronies are on the ground already because Kane has shot them in the stomach. Yeah, Kane has decided that he is coming for vengeance. And if I shoot them, I can try and convince him that they tricked me into double-crossing you, and I never wanted to go along with it all along. Uh, Gasback mm-hmm. does not buy this for even a hot second and is totally ready to off Kane when Amelia shows up and is like, I am ready to off you because I have a past grievance against you. And then Vash yeah. shows up and stops her from doing so. Uh, this yeah. is crucial so, um, because it allows Gasback to escape. Yeah, and this takes us into a, a really interesting plot thing that happens throughout the different Trigun uh, show and uh, as this movie as well. Um, Vash has these moments with characters inside of the show and the movie where he talks about fate and fate intervening. They talk about it in this movie uh, by referring it to a die that is cast um, and, and talking about not so much as a color, but more so as a, you take a, a rolling dice and you throw it. Um, and so you don't know what's going to happen to it and you don't know if it's good or bad until after the uh, the thing has been thrown. Um, because of that, 
Um, Vash is just trying to make sure the fact that he intervened and saved Gasback's life in the past is going to be something that made something good happen in the world. Um, because Vash stands by it that people shouldn't be killing other people. That violence doesn't solve things. Instead, what you should do is you should connect and understand other people and come to an agreement to, so that you can stop doing this. That's one of the reasons why Trigon is so interesting and Vash is such an interesting character. He is 100% against killing. He doesn't really even enjoy maiming people. He would prefer to shoot the gun out of your hand than shoot you in the hand to, to hurt you. And so, um, because of that, uh, Vash decides again that he needs to save Gasback from Amelia. Um, not only to save Amelia's, basically, like, her soul in this situation from killing another human, um, but also, he still doesn't believe that Gasback deserves to be killed. Um, and so, Gasback escapes... Uh, Amelia is mad. Gasback also shows off the fact that in the in the past, Vash saved him. And Amelia's like, if you hadn't saved him, I wouldn't have lost my mother. And it's like a huge plot point. And yeah. you don't understand what the connection is yet, but there is a big connection between Amelia and Gasback as well. Yeah, and it does a really good job of throwing into doubt. It, it's calling into question by putting a no-good-options answer on the idea of nonviolence. Like, because Vash decided not to allow somebody to get killed in the past, it led to someone else's death. And the character of Amelia is essentially stating that because of that, Vash is somewhat responsible for that death. And so yeah. the movie, it's not going to investigate this like super deeply because that is a really complicated philosophical question, but it's going to really? raise that question and tie it into the, the action of the film. So they're going to rush out in this car chase. Um, basically, Gasback is able to steal the power plant, the giant light bulb. He knocks, he uses explosions to knock it off of its foundation. It hilariously rolls down the streets of the town interacts with the giant stupid rotating statue in a way that causes it to it. just yeah twist the little light bulb over and then it goes on its merry way and then he <laughs> takes the light bulb and he runs away with it this is no good because yeah. the town will die without this light bulb power source so vash and wolfwood are gonna team up to chase after the light bulb uh, Amelia is going to get in a car of her own and chase after Gasback to try and finally end his life. And all of the other mm -hmm. bounty hunters are also going to do that and they will get knocked out of this Mad Max style real quickly until it's just Vash and Wolfwood in one car, Amelia in another, trying to take aim at Gasback. And she's got him in her yeah. sights, but then Vash gets in the way. Yeah, Vash is going to continue to stand into the way until he is shot um, while standing in the way. Um, he seems Not to by Amelia specifically. And, she threatens to shoot yes. him and then she doesn't, but she sees he's about to get shot and is upset about it. Yeah, so it's going to appear that Vash has died. Um, we're going to get a uh, really interesting sequence where Vash is sucked up by uh, what appears to be quicksand, um, and they are not able to save him in time. Wolfwood is very upset, and then Amelia goes into town, and there is another philosophical moment with her where she realizes that because she was going to uh, destroy that power plant instead of returning it because of her grudge against Gasback, she 
would have destroyed the thing that was going to keep this child alive in the town because the child had just had surgery and is only surviving right now because he is on a ventilator. And that ventilator is not able to continue working because there's no more electricity. They're having to manually do it and they don't know how long they're going to be able to last. Yeah, and uh, that's, it also that's really said just, that they can't get water. Yeah, that was just one don't example. Have it's bad everywhere. So yeah. she's uh, basically confronted with the fact that she was blinded with her desire for vengeance and almost ruined this town's chances of survival. And so she realizes that Vash was right and she probably should try and be less focused on killing Gasback. But now they have to go after Gasback to get the power plant back. Yeah. So they, uh, Wolfwood and Amelia team up. They go to get the, the power plant. Um, they fight some MacGuffins. They make it all the way through. Um, they get to gas back. They are confronting each other. And then Vash is going to reappear. And we have the best sequence in the movie because this is what happens at the end of most of the things with Vash in them. Vash goes into serious mode and it gets awesome wait before we go serious spencer how did vash survive oh yeah so the way that vash survived is that he was stuck inside of the desert and uh millie millie and uh god why can't i keep remembering her name meryl are riding through the desert they trip a little bit on one of their little uh monster things that they're riding around in um and uh vash is able to grab onto one of them and get pulled out yeah, so, it, he also survives the gunshot because there is a meat in this universe that is super tough and the bullet hits that piece of meat in his jacket instead of hitting him. So he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, there's going to be... Thank you. Oh, great, great. Um, we are almost done with the movie and uh, really the last thing that's going to happen is that Vash is going to go into really, really bad, bad man mode. Um, he is going to uh, he's going to disarm his opponent, which is Gasback. Um, he is going to disarm the guy that has Amelia at gunpoint. Um, he is then going to shoot Gasback in the leg, then shoot Gasback in the shoulder, and Gasback is not able to do literally a thing throughout this whole thing. Yeah, he's like um, reluctantly he is- injuring him because because Gasback won't give up. And yes. he's just like, he um, wouldn't have shot him in the leg and in the shoulder if Gasback would just admit defeat, but he won't. Yeah. Um, and that takes us to the final thing that is going to happen, which is Gasback is going to use his hidden ability, um, which is this arm that he has attached, has this big giant electrode attached to it. It sends out a huge electrostatic shock thing around him. And we find out that Amelia's connection to Gasback is that he was her estranged father who left their like uh, her mother uh, a long time ago and the only thing that he left her was this glove that was able to absorb electricity it seems like well he left her um, with a lot she- of money but that money got stolen by another thief and nobody in town would prevent that theft from happening because she had a, a relationship with Gasback. And then she was injured in the theft and the doctor wouldn't come because she had a relationship with Gasback. So like, even though Mm. he thought he set her up for life, he actually basically condemned her to the first bad thing that happened to her because of his reputation. Yeah. Um, And that's where we end it. Uh, They, uh, they get captured. They get returned uh, to the people that are looking for them. The bounty is given back to the town in order to make sure that everybody is able to come back. Um, And they go about their merry way. This is a great movie. 
we also learn one last crucial thing, which is that Amelia is 19. So her mm-hmm. mother was killed because Gasback wasn't killed 20 years ago. But because Gasback wasn't killed 20 years ago, she exists. If he hadn't yeah. survived, she would not have been conceived and she would not be here today. And so it puts that final sort of morally gray punctuation point at the end of was it right to let this bad man survive? And it's great. This yeah. movie's so good. Yeah, I, I would recommend this one. It's it's really like, a, if not a 10 out of 10, a 9 out of 10 for me. It's it's really beautifully done. It is uh, Trigun, so you know it's quality writing. Um, it's quality action sequences. It's it's really quality across the board. Yeah, and you, um, again, so you can I, watch this with or without Trigun. You can use it as a primer to Trigun if you've never seen it. Um, you absolutely. Can, if you have seen Trigun, you'll know these characters. But if you haven't, it's going to give you an idea of them. It's just a great movie all around. And honestly, it, people who are interested, uh, who are just not completely turned off of anime, um, will probably enjoy this as well. It's just a good sci-fi Western action flick. And uh, yeah. it's pretty engrossing. It is in the subs. So if they don't like subs, they're not going to like that. But uh, otherwise, I would say even your non-anime loving people can enjoy this movie. Yeah. Um, with all that being said, uh, we are, again, Blake and Spencer get jumped. Uh, we are an anime podcast. Uh, and before we go, um, if you are joining in um, or you joined in in the middle of this, um, there is a, a Discord running right now. Um, we have a couple of more minutes left. Um, if anybody has any questions, drop them in there. And uh, if you want to be entered in into the drawing, um, we have uh, a giveaway at the very end of this um, uh, where we are going to be giving away Cowboy Bebop. Up, uh, a, a, a collector's Blu-ray edition. Um, so if you want that, uh, just drop down there that you're like, yes, I want this, or um, write us on Twitter. Um, we'll we'll accept people's responses, not just in this like moment right before we end. Um, but if you want to shoot us a Twitter response, if you want to shoot us a Discord message, if you want to shoot us anything like that, um, we are totally down with that. Um, we are going to uh, accept those until probably just the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested, uh, we will definitely do that. Yeah, so if Um, our stream ends in a minute and you haven't tweeted us yet, get that in before the day is over and you will be entered in. And uh, if you win, we will reach out to you directly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Five more minutes. Uh, Okay, cool. Does does anybody in the Discord have any questions or anything? Yeah. Looks like somebody is typing. Do, do, do. Type, tap, tap. Um, Cool. Well, we are releasing this as an episode. Um, if you are interested in the other stuff that we cover inside of our show right now, what's our? Let me look at what's on our, our docket. I uh, I know we're almost done with uh, Hunter X Hunter coverage. Yeah, which means that we have covered all of Hunter X Hunter. <laughs> yeah, the 2011 anime, the most recent one. We have, will have covered all of that. We may or may I may or may not be making a case to cover the movies here in the near future. Uh, we're also currently covering Naruto Shippuden, we're covering Kill La Kill, and we're covering Yu Yu Hakusho. Those are our regular Friday rotation shows. Uh, and then on Mondays, we cover more recent stuff, but we, instead of going through sort of episode by episode, we just look at the beginning of it and give our early impressions, um, review, kind of, you would like this if you like X kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you want yeah, to find us, yeah. it's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on all the places. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Reddit. Uh, you can find us, give us a Google, look us up on your favorite podcast platform, and um, 
uh, hit us up on social media. We also have a Discord, and you can find information on that on our various social media locations. Yeah, and and uh, it doesn't look like we're getting any questions in. Um, I'm I'm hoping people are are checking it out. Um, if not, I, I I I'm willing to say we're we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be releasing this next week. Um, so if if you if you wanted to uh, come by, swing by, ask us any questions, anything else, we are are totally in for answering it. I, again, if if you're listening and you haven't and you haven't reached out, um, oh, thank you, Kristen. Um, we are happy to have everybody. Um, and we we really really are excited to have uh, the ability to come onto KamariCon. We are really hoping that fingers crossed uh, we are able to like come in person next year. Yeah, to the real um, in person KamariCon that would be great. So hopefully that will happen. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, please check us out. Thank you so much. If you did check us out here for this panel and, um, yeah, there's a ton more. We've been at this for a couple of years, so you can, you can really dig in if you're interested in our show and thank you so yeah. much to KomoriCon for, for having us and for letting us come on and do this. This was so great. Blake and Spencer get jumped is made by forever summer productions and presented as part of the geekly grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Viz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with Comic Book Keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Rolled Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind podcast network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com.